Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. Reading today from a book called The Private Key to Heaven. It was written by Thomas Brooks, who lived from 1608 to 1680. He was the English nonconformist preacher who, as I said, died in 1680. Well, he's been talking about private prayer. That's what the book is about. And a lot of people give uh, excuses, objections, and he is answering those objections one by one. Objection four is God already knows what we need, so why should we pray? Some may object and say God is very well acquainted with all our wants, necessities, straits, trials. There's no moving of him to bestow any favors upon us which he doth not intend to bestow upon us, whether we pray in our closets or no. And therefore, to what purpose do you press secret prayer so hard upon us? Well, to this objection, I shall give these answers. Number one, this opposes all prayer. First, that this objection lies as strong against family prayer and public prayer as it doth against private prayer. God knows all thy wants and necessities, all thy straits and trials, and therefore, what needest thou pray in thy family? What needest thou attend public prayers in the communion of saints? There is no wringing of any mercy out of the hands of heaven which God doth not intend to bestow. This objection faces all kind of prayer and fights against all kinds of prayer. Number two, private prayer is owed to God. I answer that private prayer is that piece of divine worship and adoration. It is a part of that homage which we owe to God upon the account of a divine command, as I have already proved. Now, all objections must bow before the face of divine commands, as Joseph's brethren bowed before him, or as King Ahasuerus' servants bowed before Haman. Indeed, every objection that is formed up against a divine command should fall before it, as Dagon fell before the ark, or as Goliath fell before David. He that casts off private prayer under any pretense whatsoever, he casts off the dominion of God, the authority of God, and this may be as much as a man's life and soul is worth. Number three, prayer is the means of blessing. So thirdly, I answer, though prayer be not the ground, the cause of obtaining favors and mercies from God, yet it is the means. It is the silver channel. It is the golden pipe through which the Lord is pleased to convey to his people all temporal, spiritual, and eternal favors. God promises to give them the cream, the choicest, the sweetest of all spiritual, eternal, and temporal blessings. But Mark verse 37, I will Yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. Though God be very prompt and ready to bestow upon his people the best and the greatest of blessings, yet he will by prayer be sought unto for the actual enjoyment of them. He that hath no heart to pray for a mercy he needs, he hath no ground to believe that ever God will give him the mercy he needs. There is no receiving without asking. 
no finding without seeking, no opening without knocking. The threefold promise annexed to the threefold precept in Matthew 7, 7 should encourage all Christians to be instant, fervent, and constant in prayer. The proud beggar gets nothing of men, and the dumb sinner gets nothing of God. As there is no mercy too great for God to give, so there is no mercy too little for us to crave. Certainly that man hath little worth in him that thinks any mercy not worth seeking. Number four, prayer makes every mercy a blessing. Fourthly and lastly, I answer, every Christian should labor to enjoy his mercies in mercy. He should labor to have his blessings blessed unto him. He should labor to have the good will of him that dwelt in the bush with all he hath. Now, uh, this is an everlasting truth, a maxim to live and die with, that whatsoever mercy comes not in upon the wing of prayer is not given in mercy. Oh, how sweet is that mercy that comes flying in upon the wing of prayer. How sweet was that water to Samson, which streamed to him in the channel of divine prayer, private prayer. He called the name of it En Hakore, the well of him that prayed. As Samson prayed as for life, and that water that was handed to him was as sweet as life. Every mercy that is gathered by the hand of prayer is as sweet as the rose of Sharon. But that mercy that comes not in at the door of prayer comes not in at the right door. And that mercy that comes not in at the right door will do a man no good. Such mercies will make themselves wings and fly from us. Every Christian should narrowly look that all his mercies are sanctified mercies. Now, every mercy is sanctified by the word and prayer. Prayer prepares and fits us for mercy and mercy for us. It is prayer that gives us a right and holy use of all our mercies. Such mercies are but great miseries that come not in upon the wing of prayer. Prayerless men's mercies are all given in wrath. Yea, their blessings are cursed unto them. Look, as every sacrifice was to be seasoned with salt, so every mercy is to be sanctified by prayer. Look, as gold sometimes is laid not only upon cloth and silks, but also upon silver itself, so prayer is that golden duty that must be laid not only upon all our natural and civil actions as eating, drinking, buying, selling, but also upon all our silver duties, upon all our most religious and spiritual performances, as hearing, reading, meditating, conference, church fellowship, breaking of bread, and so on. Certainly prayer is very necessary to make every providence and every ordinance and every mercy to be a blessing to us. Every mercy that comes in upon the wing of Private prayer is a double mercy. It is a great-bellied mercy. It is a mercy that hath many mercies in the womb of it. Happy is that Christian that can lay his hand upon every mercy that he enjoys and say of them all at, as once Hannah said of her Samuel, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. 
Objection 5. I have no private place. Fifthly, some may further object and say, I would drive a private trade with God. I would exercise myself in secret prayer, but I lack a convenient place to retire into. Uh, I need a private corner to unbosom my soul to my Father in. Well, to this objection, I shall give these three short answers. Number one, this concerns only a few Christians. First, I suppose this objection concerns but a few Christians in our days, that God that hath given a Christ to believers doth commonly give them a convenient corner to enjoy private communion with himself. Uh, Most Christians, I am afraid, do rather lack a heart for private prayer than a convenient place for private prayer. What men set their hearts upon, they will find time and place to effect it, whether it be good or whether it be evil, whether it concerns temporals or spirituals, whether it concerns this world or another world, this life or a better life. If most men would but get better hearts, they would quickly find or make convenient places for private prayer. He who hath an inflamed love to God will certainly find out a corner to enjoy secret communion with God. True lovers will find out corners to enjoy one another in. How many men are there that can easily find out private places for their dogs to lie in, and their swine to sleep in, and their horses to stand in, and their oxen to feed in, but cannot find out a private place to seek the face of God in? But did these men but love their God or their souls or private prayer or eternity as well or better than their animals, they would not be such brutes, but that they would quickly find out a hole, a corner to wait upon the Lord in. Number two, location is not significant. Secondly, I answer, if a Christian be on the top of a house with Peter, he may pray there. Or if he be walking in the field with Isaac, he may pray there. Or on the mountain with Christ, he may pray there. Or if he be behind the door with Paul, he may pray there. Or waiting at table with Nehemiah, he may secretly pray there. Or or if he's in the woods, he may pray there. As the primitive Christians in times of persecution did. If he's behind a tree, he may pray there. Or if he's by the seaside, he can pray as the apostles did. It was a choice saying of Augustine, every saint is God's temple, and he that carries his temple about him may go to prayer when he pleaseth. Some saints have uh, never had so much of heaven brought down into their hearts as when they have been with God in a corner. All the secret manifestations of divine love, the secret kisses, the secret embraces, the secret influences, the secret communion with God that many a precious Christian hath had in the most solitary places. It may be behind the door or behind the wall or behind the hedge or behind the arbor or behind the tree or behind the rock or behind the bush. And three, prayer should be no less resourceful than sin. Thirdly and lastly, didst thou never in thy unregenerate estate Make use of all thy wits and parts and utmost endeavors 
to find out convenient seasons and secret corners and solitary places to sin in and to dishonor thy God in and to undo thine own and others' souls in. Yes, yes, I remember with shame and blushing that it was so with me when I was dead in trespasses and sins and walked according to the course of this world. Oh, how much then doth it concern thee in thy renewed sanctified and raised estate to make use of all thy wits and parts and utmost endeavors to find out the fittest seasons and the most secret corners and solitary places thou canst to honor thy God in and to seek the welfare of thine own and others' souls in. Oh, that men were but as serious, studious, and industrious to find out convenient seasons, secret places, to please and serve and glorify the Lord in, as they have been serious, studious, and industrious, to find out convenient seasons and secret places to displease and grieve the Spirit of the Lord in. Amen. Yes. Indeed, Thomas Brooks, very good points, don't you think, folks? Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Do look around the site. We have over 3,000 audios featuring some of the church's great preachers, persecution stories from North Korea in English and in Korean, Bible studies on a number of subjects, and a blog. If you desire more fellowship, please consider buying one of those Amazon.com books of mine or contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com. And I'll tell you about our Zoom meetings. Meanwhile, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on the 12th of May, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.